His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. And I agree, it already has been released. I think the, the key for all of us is what are we going to receive? What are we going to receive? And I know we've all been praying. I know the leadership would just been going more God. It's just not enough. We know there's more, and we receive it. That's that was a good word, Jason. It's always amazing to me. The Holy Spirit is so in control. He knows what the service is going to be. I mean, it doesn't even matter who does what. It just happens. Um, Joseph, I wondered if you wanted to come up and share your testimony. I don't know what it is, but Tony had said he had a really cool testimony, so we want to hear it. So um, I don't know how many of you know this, but um, I'm involved with a campus ministry called Chi Alpha. And so um, we have meetings on Thursdays, and um, I've had an opportunity to, you know, share the message a couple Thursdays now. And um, this last Thursday, um, I shared on the prodigal son. And one of the guys that showed up, that he hasn't been there more than, this was like his second time coming. He had fallen away from the faith. He was a believer as a kid, and he had fallen away, and he decided that he was going to give it a second chance. He hasn't made the decision yet, but he started coming to our meetings, and he's been to church a couple times. And so I, I knew when he shared that, that I, that message was for him that night. And so I was kind of wondering if, you know, y'all would be praying for him, that he would actually have an encounter, because that's something else he wanted. All right. So, Lord, I ask that you would just come visit Eric, and that you would give him an encounter like he's never had before, and that you would just show to him without a shadow of a doubt, that you are real, and that he would make that decision. In Jesus' name. And Joseph's preaching, come on. (laughs) Well, uh, Wednesday night, Kristen shared it was her first time, and oh my goodness, no wonder uh, Jared and Haley were amazing, but the message is... I hate to say it, but they're better on Wednesday. I mean, they are amazing. So, you know, it it is awesome. And uh, I uh, – hello. <laughs> Brian thinks she's powerful back there with that sound machine. <laughs> Ron and I are, uh, are going to get prayer after the service because um, we're going up and um, just believe in God. It is a miracle that we even are able to go and that our insurance that doesn't normally cover this is going to cover 100%. They are flying us up there. They are picking us up at the airport. And um, I believe that we'll probably end up staying, I don't know, for a while. Um, But we'll see. But honestly, both Ron and I just, we've been through so many things in our lives. We just have. I mean, I'm like, which one do you want to name? And none of them are ones we wanted to go through. But Jesus has always been there, and he's strong, and he's faithful. He's there when we cry. 
I don't like that part. And he's there when we're laughing. I mean, he just is there. He's there when we have no money. He's there when we look like, oh, my gosh, if we don't get some money soon, what are we going to do? He's there. And God is faithful. So I woke up, and I had a hard night. I, I've been dealing with just thinking too much and can't stop it. Dang on it. That's just where it's been right now. And um, also, every time weather changes, I'm awake. I don't know what that is. The wind's blowing, the wind's blowing, the wind's blowing. It's two hours, three hours, four hours. Oh, God, please help me go back to sleep. <laughs> but saying all that, I kept hearing this. And um, the School of Ministry, I shared this with them. Um, but this, this one thing, what is faith? What is faith? And I thought this was the greatest definition of faith that I had ever heard, and it was Roland's. He, he said it in my Ben Hyde. He's one of them. But what is faith? Okay, one of you kids want to say, what is faith? Who listened? Okay, Tony, you were there too. <laughs> what is faith? Okay, I needed to repeat it because you need to hear this. You need to hear this, faith is knowing God. It is knowing God. It's not knowing about God. It's not thinking about what the word says and maybe. It's knowing you know, Paul said it when he was getting ready to die, and uh, we used to sing, it was a hymn we used to sing, but I, I, I love that scripture. I know whom I have believed in. I know. So that's what I'm going to tell you. It, maybe life for us it hasn't been so fun. We've seen things happen that we really didn't want happening in our lives, but I know who I believe in. And I know because I believe in him that he makes me perfect. That is amazing. He makes you perfect. You need to know that you are the perfection of Christ. You are. Because he died to finish that. And when you know that, you walk in a confidence of, I know who I have believed in. I know Jesus lives in me. I know. You know, we haven't had any baptisms for a while, and I don't know if somebody's needing it, but it has got to be, I know. I always make sure. I don't want you baptized if you don't know. I remember one time we had a service, and uh, uh, we had a guest speaker come, and they said, if you don't know that you're saved, would you come forward? And, you know, a lot of times this can just be, uh, absent-minded for me, but I'm thinking, well, of course they all know. And I had some ones that had been in the church all their lives come up to the altar. We wasn't an altar. It was just come up front because they did not know. I know who I have believed in. It isn't just that I believe Jesus is the Son of God. The devil believes that. I believe in his power and resurrection and his life in me. I know. I know. I have no uh, idea what Ron and I are going to walk through, but I know who I have believed in. We both do. And you guys have known us for years. 
and and you know Mike and Teresa got to share with the neighbor uh, and uh, Brock and and Nathan too and he's they've just watched us but they were able to share because they know and they were able to share the love of God with them and Teresa said you know people don't understand this love they don't understand the relationships we have that have walked through hell and high water, not because we're kin, not because uh, we're made to, but because we know this love. And our faith unites us because we know. So I'm going to ask you, do you know? Do you know? Do you know who you believe in? Faith is knowing God well enough. And this is the truth, to know what he wants in a given situation. That might, might not be a whole big future, but I do know today. I know today because I spend time with him. I'm going to tell you, you'll never know God if you don't spend time with him. And I'm not talking just reading scriptures. I remember reading a book. We were, I grew up in the church, and I believe I knew Jesus, but I didn't know him like I was going to know him. And I remember a book, and we were just early married, and in this book it said, you can hear God. You can hear him. And he was describing where he sit under a tree and just listen. God wants us to know him. One of the most powerful scriptures, even if the mountains are falling into the sea, no matter what's going on, be still and know that I am God, that I'm in control. I'm going to tell you that God is in control. He's in control of the universe. He's in control of our lives. He knows how to put our pieces in place. Be still and know. I think it was Michael said to me, you know, just rest in Jesus. That's the be still and know. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't deal with me. That doesn't mean that I don't have wife feelings and all those things, you know, emotions. I had to have two people pray for me. I wouldn't cry this morning. I don't want to cry. But be still and know. Be still and know. Do you know him? God wants you to know him well enough that you hear every single day how to walk and what to do. Do you know him? Do you know him? I know that you know him. Now, I can't say that I read all your hearts, but I know, I feel it. You know God, but he's asking us to know him more. He's not asking us to get into a box where, oh, I know, I know. Oh, my goodness. Could you really ever know the creator of the universe in the fullness or the compassion of Jesus on the cross, loving all those people, killing him? Could you really ever know the depth of that, the width of that? No. So it's going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of persistence to know him. 
All I know is in this hour, I want to know him more. I feel desperate to know him more. I feel desperate if we're going to live for another move of God. I've watched the past wane out. I've watched it become hard for people to get to church. I've watched hardness and coldness of busyness. You know, and I, I remember a word years ago, David Wilkerson gave it, and I believe this is the end time Christians. That's what he said. If the devil can't get you bad and you guys aren't bad, we're not bad. He'll get you so busy you can't take time to know him. He'll get you so busy that you can't spend time with your brothers and sisters to worship because you got something to do, and we do. We all do, and it's an excuse when we don't want to do something to, I'm just so busy. We all are, but you know what? If he's number one, he's first. He's first, and God is dealing with the church again. Is he first in your heart? Do you really want to move of God? Then he's got to be first. I read a story. It was King Asa. And I'm a funny reader. Um, I read stories, and I, don't, I like happy endings. And so reading about the kings after Solomon, to me, most of them were just depressing, and I don't like reading it very well. Now, it's important, especially if you're in that place where you got a year Bible and you got to get through it. You know, anybody done that? I got to read about this king. Oh, great. Here we go. And so there's a lot of them that you just got this good night. What is your problem? You know, I mean, I, that's kind of how, and then the story's not happy and the ending's not happy. And that's just not the kind of stories I like to read. That's why I like Jesus on the cross, victory, resurrection. There's my happy story, and I could just stay in that story. But the Bible was written for an example, and the Old Testament was given as examples to us. And I believe that the kings represent the hearts of the people and pictures of our hearts. They just do. And so um, this is about King Asa. And King Asa had a heart for God. And I'm going, go Asa. Yes, 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 yes. He had a heart for God. And it says, Asa did what was good. This is um, Second Chronicles. I'm not good about telling you where things are either. Road maps aren't great. Okay. Second Chronicles 14, 2. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the high places. He smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord, their God, their father, and to obey his laws. He removed every high place and incense altars in every town in Judah. And the kingdom was at peace under him. I'm going to tell you what an idol is. An idol is what you do first. An idol is what you do first. What's most important, what you consume yourself with is your idol. And I'm telling you, it's the truth. And what you end up worshiping is what you fear. I love that. Bill Johnson said that, and I was just, I keep thinking that. What you worship is what you fear. Okay, I'm sorry. What you end up worshiping is what you fear. If you need the approval of man, 
You're on Facebook 24 hours, and you've got to know what people think of you, and you've got to, we've got to have a good name as a church, and you've got to have all these things. And believe me, I grew up in the popular crowd and having to have the names and all those things that are our society. What do you think the news feeds on? Because somebody needs approval. If that's your idol, that, that approval is your idol, then you're going to fear when you don't get it. And you're going to be real upset when somebody doesn't like you. And you're going to be real upset when things come against you. And Jesus walked through all of that not caring. If your fear or your idol is money, you're going to fear when you don't have it. And you're going to fear when you do have it. You're going to fear you can't do what's right with it. And you're going to fear that you aren't going to have enough to do it with. It, you, you're going to live and you're going to hate, and I build, I'm quoting Bill Johnson on this, you're going to hate when people ask for money. You're going to hate when they ask for offerings because you're holding on to something. And why? Because you fear. If you fear yourself and the, your sin nature and what all that kind of stuff, if you fear it, you're going to end up worshiping it and end up giving to it because you don't ever overcome sin with fear. No sin ever gets overcome with fear. It just doesn't. Whatever you fear is usually what you worship. Whatever preoccupies your mind. And so in this hour, on my altar has been my husband. My family was on my altar the last few hours. I mean, I have been, this church has been on my altar. God, I let it go. I let all of it go. Because you love and you'll take care of. But I can't walk in fear. Or that's my idols. I believe my idol as a child was that I didn't get the kind of love that I needed in the home. And I had a dream the other day about my mom. And, you know, for whatever reason, mom just didn't know how to love. And so mom's talking to me in this dream, and I'm whole in the dream. And I said, Mom, how come you never wanted to do girl things with me? How come you never fixed my hair? How come you never told me anything good about myself? How come you didn't like being with me? And she stood there, and I wasn't accusing. I wasn't angry. I was whole. I just wanted to know why. And my mom said, I don't really know. But let's look at good things now. Let's look at the beauty all around us now. I thought that was amazing when I woke up. I thought, Lord, I'm whole doesn't matter why but because I grew up with that I'd go to school and my teachers loved me and everybody loved me and so that became my idol it became my idol popular opinion became my idol what do I look like what do people think of me and it's been a hard one to kill and I realized I can't kill that idol until I stop fearing it. So I've been able to go through public opinion that wasn't what I wanted. 
and all kinds of accusations and lies that I wasn't allowed to defend myself on. And guess what? The idol is going down. Glory to God. Glory to God. We all need the idols to go down. In this hour, he wants to move. He says, I want to know you. But whatever is driving you is your idol. And you need to get before God and say, how do I get rid of that one? Well, Asa was doing it. And it says, no one was at war with him during those years, for the Lord gave him rest. God gave a picture every single time when the idols were laid down. Be still and know rest and peace will come. And then he said, let's build up these towns, put walls around them. The land is still ours. And because we've sought the Lord our God, we sought him and he's given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. This is after revival. This is, see, revival came and they built and prospered and everything was wonderful. Okay. And then it says, for a, for a long time, actually, they built and prospered for a long time. And then this great army, a vast army, with 300 chariots came, and Asa went out to meet them, and they took, took up battle positions in the valley of whatever. Okay, I'll say it. Zephathah, near Maresha. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there's no one like you. See, Asa didn't have any idols. There's no one like you to help the powerless. When you have no idols left, you're powerless. And you know it, and it's okay. A lot of us just want to be in power. It's okay to be powerless. When Asa heard these words, oh, wait a minute. Lord, there's no one like you that helps the powerless against the mighty, so help us. Lord, we rely on you, and in your name we've come against this vast army. Oh, Lord, you're our God. Don't let man prevail against you. So he didn't even see it as his own battle. He saw it as the Lord's battle. And the Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah, and they fled. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah. Yay, Azariah. And he went out to meet Asa and said, listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. When you are with him, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God. They'd had idols, without a priest to teach, and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days, it wasn't even safe to travel about. One nation was crushing another nation because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. And so Asa heard these words, and revival began again, and he got rid of more idols. Anybody know that it's a process in your life? It's a growth. You know what? When the idol falls, more love comes from him. That's what happens. When the idol falls, you love him more. That's just what happens. And so more idols are going, more idols. So now they're, they're getting to, ready to, to have another revival. And they enter into a covenant to seek the Lord. 
their God of their fathers with all their heart and soul. I think this is such a picture of the pictures of revival in time. And this is one king seeing all this. And they were put, uh, it says, all who would not seek the Lord in this Old Testament, the God of Israel, were put to death. <laughs> I think you'd seek at that point. <laughs> Whether small or great, man or woman. But what he was saying is, under this kingdom, because I'm the ruler of this kingdom, we're going to seek the Lord our God. And that ha- that's ruling your own heart. That's, I mean, everything else needs to be put to death that does not allow him to rule. That's ruling your heart. And so... They took an oath to the Lord with a loud exclamation, shouting in trumpets and horns, and they rejoiced because the oath they had wholeheartedly sworn. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. So the Lord again brought revival and gave them rest on every side. Now, this is a picture of our lives, all of you. This is a picture of the church. It's a picture. He even got rid of... uh, basically Jezebel from the church, okay? Um, Aza's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. He brought into the temple the God of sil- into the temple silver and gold and articles he and his father had dedicated, and there was no more war until the 35th year of Aza's reign. As you seek him, and love him, and pursue him, guess what? And it's the word that you gave, Jason. The enemy doesn't understand it, but he's afraid of you, and he's going to go after. And God's going to allow tests to come in your life. The Bible says that we're to rejoice when we're tested because the trial of our faith is worth more gold than anything on earth. You're going to have tests. The The world and the church that teaches there's no tests, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because they're not teaching reality. And I've watched people fall away from the Lord because they got tested. But it's usually you're tested when you have faith and you've been moving. The Lord told me, he said, Teresa, your faith attracts trials. Because God is going, look at my servant. Keep going. Don't quit. Be a record of endurance. Now, I don't know that I've read of anyone that suffered more than Heidi and Roland in my life. And they have gone through one saga after another after another of incredible death, destruction, hurt, miracles, 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 and then go through it again. I've watched them. And I'm going, and all they do is lay down more, go lower, and love more. That's why we've used that book for the kids and their, it's not just kids, I'm sorry, the School of Ministry, sorry. Robin, you like being called a kid, don't you? There you go, Jody, come on. But that we've, we've done that. Okay, so here they are, and the test comes. 35 years of Aza's reign, and they have had rest on every side and purity and purity of heart, amazing. In the 36th year, Another king came up to Judah, up against Judah, and fortified. And I believe that what happened was he got pride in his own strength. He got pride. And it says, Then Asa took his silver and gold treasuries out of the temple and went to another nation to give it to him. Would you help us in this war? I'll give you treasuries out of my God's temple. 
And so he's asking this guy, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, let's make a treaty as there was between my father and your father, and I'm giving you money. So now I'm making a treaty with man when I've seen the strength of God deliver me. Because now my heart has begun to be hardened. And it's time for more giving, laying down, not less. So he agrees. At that time, Han and I, the prophet, the seer, came to Asa and said, King of Judah, Asa, king of Judah, and he said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped your hand. Were not the Cushites the ones they had won against, and the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers and chariots and horsemen? Yet you relied on the Lord. He delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord, he knows. God knows. God knows everything. He knows and he loves us. The eyes of the Lord look out throughout all of the earth looking for hearts that he can strongly support and strengthen and give courage to. He looks. And if you're one of those in this hour, and I'm going to tell you I sure am, I'm going God knows, and he'll support me. He'll support Ron. God knows. He'll support you. Don't look to the strength of man. We're going, and we pray that doctors will find answers for us. But our eyes are on the Lord. I'm just telling you, our faith is in the Lord, of, Lord our God. He said to Asa, Asa, God's eyes have looked throughout the earth, and he's been your strength, and he's been what you've needed because your heart was fully committed to him. But now you've turned and done a foolish thing. And from now on, you'll be at war. God wants us to live in peace and in rest. The only time we have war in our hearts is when we have idols, when we rely on our own strength. Asa, Asa, and see, Asa was loving the prophets up until then. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of times we love hearing how much God loves us and he's a good, good father, and he is. Don't anybody ever argue that. You've got an amazing God who loves you. But they don't want to hear the other part of accountability. They want to, you know what? God made the church family, not this church, the church family. And he made you interrelated, and he made you accountable. And he made you accountable with your husbands and your wives and your children. That's how God works, by the way. That's called family. He works that way. But Asa no longer wanted anyone to tell him what to do. He was angry with the seer, the man in authority. He was so enraged, he put him in prison. And at the same time, Asa brutally began to oppress some of the people, probably the people of faith. Now, I believe this next test was another test of mercy with God. The 39th year, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. 
because he had walked his own way. And his feet got diseased. Do you know what? Your feet get diseased when you start going your own way. When you start only listening to you. I'm telling you, God made us one family to walk. And I am praying, if you guys want to know my intercessions, it's for unity in the body of Christ. Not just with music and worship, and that's great. But I mean hearts knit together that can walk, that I can honor this church and that church, and they can honor our church. And can you imagine all of our churches in this county honoring each other with all our differences? You know, we've got the hymn singers. Yay for the hymn singers. I love hymns. I sat by my dad's bed. By the way, Dad, dad's home is super, super weak. He's been in the hospital 12 days this time. And I'm just praying for miracles. But I sat by dad's bed there in the hospital, and we sang hymns together. And because I learned them as a child, I remember every single one of them. I just I sat and sang hymns to dad because he was too weak to sing them. Yay for the churches that love hymns. Yay for the intercessory prayer churches. Yay for the Pentecostal churches. Yay for the word churches. Yay for the, the liturgical liturgi- that churches we're still all one big family and I am praying for a unity to come in this nation and the only way it's ever going to come is when we stop mocking each other when we stop putting down we don't do it like you and you don't do it like us or getting offended because they're offended with you and we become the lovers and I'm believing we're going to see that movement in this nation That has been on my heart so deeply in this hour. Anyway, he was angry with this seer. But now, God's giving him another chance and his feet get diseased. And though this disease, his disease was severe, even in his illness. And I've watched people get hard like that. Did not seek help from the Lord. Only man. And it says in the 41st year, Asa died and rested with his fathers and they buried him. Asa was known as a man of God who followed the Lord with all his heart. But I believe a picture of Asa is a test for Ron and I. I don't want to give up now. I don't want to have a heart that isn't open. I don't want to have a heart that has an idol. I'm not saying that you have to be introspective all the time. But if you're driven to do something every moment, you're being driven by an idol. There has got to come a rest and a peace, even in your work. Okay, so we're back to no. Here's the no. This is the revival of works I believe God's going to do. Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite verses, one that we can praise God for night and day. But this is what it says. For we know God. For we know God. He'll never deny your prayer. I want to know you. For we know God. God, and then this next word's huge. 
works. All his works were done from the foundation of the earth. I've told you I saw him as a big puzzle maker. And he had made a puzzle from one end of the universe to the other. And I was a little tiny child on his lap, and I had my puzzle piece. And he was taking his hand and helping me put it in. The destiny of mankind that was already finished. The puzzle piece was already printed up. He already knew. But I need him. For we know God works all things for good. No matter what it is. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's us. I want revival again. I don't know if I even want to call it that. I don't want old words. I want a move of God. I want a new place in God. I can tell you that my heart has been an altar that said everything I've ever loved, everything I've understood, I'll let it go to you. I'm not holding on. I'm not holding on. I want to be like Asa was when he trusted. When all our power is gone, God, your strength comes. He shows up for the powerless and the weak. Why? Because they depend on him. I believe the reason Mozambique's had such an incredible revival with millions coming to the Lord is because they were hungry and needy. We may not get hungry and needy in this nation or prosperous, but we can lay down an idol of busyness. We can lay down anything that's keeping us from sitting with him and knowing him and also staying in connection and fellowship with accountability. It's one thing to tell everybody everything. It's another to ask. I have brothers and sisters who correct me regularly, just like Brian did with that sound. I do, and I cherish it. I cherish the words because I know that they're only helping me walk. That's where we're at, you guys. This is what God is doing. And I really believe he's asking, will you give me all again? So I'd like us to stand. Lord, your word says, God knows. Hannah in her prayer said, you're the God who knows. And Father, I can say, we know you. As we stand before you as a people, it isn't a one-moment prayer. We open our hands wide to you. We ask you, Lord, Remove any idols that keep us so preoccupied that we don't get to rest in you and know you. God, you're stretching us all, every one of us. 
And I do believe busyness is a part of this season. And Lord, I'm not saying busyness is sin. It's not. I'm asking you that you would become more in us, more in me. Lord, I mean it for me. Burn every idol. Lord, give me the ability to smash them. Lord, if my feet get diseased, let me ask for prayer. But I am asking you in the name of Jesus, birth the work that you have for this area and birth it in connection with the births all over this nation. Lord, what we're asking for isn't miracles. It's you. I ask for you more. Lord, set your seal upon our hearts so deep, so strong that floods can't uh, wash this seal away. Trials, fires, and blessings, and busyness. Nothing. And that we will not give up what's worth more than anything in this world. Fill us with your love. Help us to love our neighbors more. Help us to walk in love in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. 